either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we were already laughing before uh, going uh, on the on the on the broadcast here and getting the red light. So we are on air, as they used to say in old school radio, which I still love. And uh, but this time it's both. It's a podcast. It's a webcast. Actually, number four of uh, our road to the hackathon 2022 with the Mentor Project. So we have the usual suspect here, Deborah and Javier. And we also have two judges and maybe some more joining us as we as we go. And of course, as I'm saying this, here is Jeff. Jeff, you are already in the in the recording. So welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. And uh, I'm glad I worked that out before you got too far into the show. Oh, absolutely. That's perfect. Almost like we've made it on purpose like that. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's what I was saying. So we got Jeff, Irene and Sam and that they will be judges during this year competition. And this is what we're talking about today. The topic we've talked about what it means to be a mentor. We've talked with students that participated uh, in the past competition. They told us how to feel how they felt and, and some tips to the one that are coming. So uh, I, today it's it's about judging and it's a big responsibility. So we'll get to that. Let's do a round of uh, introduction here. Starting with Deborah, my co-host at this point. It's uh, always a co-host. When you're on, you're a co-host. <laughs> hey, thanks for having this uh, and holding this, Marco. Thanks for having all of us on. Um, I'm Deborah Heiser. I'm the CEO of The Mentor Project. And um, this is our third hackathon. And this is something that we're so excited about and proud of. Um, Javier, this is your brainchild. And Irene came in and has really made this something that works because she does a hackathon in a box. So it's now ready to roll every year. So between the two of them, this is just a phenomenal um, project that we are thrilled to bring to kids around the world. And I think we already have three or four countries involved this year. So I cannot wait to get to the judging. So let's do this instead of the usual Javier time. Let, let's go to Irene right away because we have your short on time. And Deborah just mentioned all of you contributed to, to this competition. So a little introduction about yourself. And uh, and again, jump right in in how how, what does it mean to judge here? Sure, sure. So thanks for having me. My name is Irene Yankvis. Um, I am probably one of the first mentors from the Mentor Project, which has since grown tremendously. And I, I was able to, um, to work on kind of creating what did the first Mentor Project hackathon look like and kind of the second one to some extent. And also how do we kind of um, do this in a way that's scalable and also help um, help kids to lead themselves, right? 
So, um, yeah, so I am going to be a judge again this year. Um, and I'm really excited about that. I think that, um, you know, certainly providing scores is one thing, but providing guidance and helping students to understand, you know, how they can keep growing and improving is really the best part of it all. And the thing that I found that they most appreciate. Um, I also work uh, for IBM. I'm a, I'm a senior manager there working with some teams um, and I've uh, been in technology all my life. So whether it's aerospace or robotics or digital, I've always worked in, in kind of the technology and innovation space. So very excited um, to, to help with the next generation here. Absolutely. And that's what we talked about during our podcast a few months ago. So I, I will invite people to listen to that so they get to know you even a, a little bit more. Uh, Deborah, so help me here a little bit. There is some new judges. So I'm one of them. I'm very nervous about it. And, and I know Sam is another one. Uh, you've done it before. And Jeff, have you done the, the I have not. All right. So, okay. So, Deborah. Tell us maybe what are we judging here? Maybe Javier can help you with this. Like, you know, what, what are the rules of judging? We're, we're not making an, an American Idol here or some famous singer, but we're, we're trying to accomplish something very important, like inspire. I, I think it that way. Is, it, is that correct? Well, so how are we going to judge and still let well, everybody win? You know, it, it's really pretty amazing. And this was something I never knew about when we started the whole thing. But both Javier and um, Irene really worked together to put together a rubric. So there are rules and regulations for judging. It isn't like we just come in and we say, oh, this one looks good. Um, we actually have a rubric to follow with actual categories listed that we need to uh uh, judge each of the groups on. And those things are like creativity. Um, they are things like, did the group work together? Was it just one kid doing everything or did they all work together? Is it, is how were they able to convey the message? The interesting thing with this, um, this newest hackathon is that the kids are writing white papers and they're doing something that they haven't done before. And so part of it is that we're judging, have they followed the instructions on how to write a white paper? So these kinds of things are being judged. There are criteria that we do not have to be NASA space experts in order to do this judging. We have to be able to see if they're fitting within each of the criteria that are in the rubric. And Javier obviously knows more about the rubric and so does Irene. So both of them can jump in. I think um, uh, criteria that we had in the past, I don't know if we still have it, was about how well the, the students, the teams made use of mentor resources. Javier, do we still, do you remember if we still have that as a criteria? Yes, we, we use it. We use it during the, the last two also. In this one, we're going to use it also, but this time it's going to be different because they are going to call the mentor when they need it, you know? So the, uh, because they are having the Slack channel, we're going to see that interaction directly and how they interact with the mentors and when they when that for help and everything. 
But you know, there are one thing that is very important and very nice that is important to explain about the judges, what is different according with the other hackathons that they are in the in the place. Because in general, when you are in a hackathon, you participate, you know, you give your answer, your, your presentation, then you win, you're not, and that's all false, you know? But in these ones, then you have two works to week, and they're going to receive a feedback from the judges for the first presentation, and they have the possibility to rebuild or modify the first presentation so they can make a better job following, you know, the feedback from the judges, and they can improve, they are developed, they can, they have time to improve their answers, they can have time to improve their solution, so during the second weekend, they work and they can obtain a better shop, you know, a better presentation and a better solution and all that. That is one thing that is unusual, you know, that the, in all the hackathons that they have the possibility of do that, you know? Very good, very good. And I have been a little loose here, jumping straight into the, the, what, the, what it means to be a judge, and I don't want to left uh, outside Sam and Jeff. So let, let's, let's get uh, quickly to Sam. Uh, a new judge, uh, please also a little introduction about yourself. You, you can't take the whole hour because you've done so much. So maybe <laughs> just, just a little bit to share with the audience. And, and how do you feel about being a judge? I, I want to hear that too. For, for any of those who have not, we've not interacted previously. But before that, I apologize for not having been able to attend the hackathon meetings uh, due to conflicts. Um, but I would appreciate if there is a link to the rubric uh, I would, and any other materials, the hackathon in the box and so forth. They're in the chat. You can, you can open them up. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, anyway, Sam Gralnick, I um, have spent um, a long career in technology, uh, which has ranged from the development of uh, energy, uh, fusion energy in particular, um, to uh, working in the aerospace industry, and then many years uh, providing um, basically systems design and development in financial services industry. Um, I kind of formally retired from about 20 years with J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. Um, it's going close to two years ago, and I am now an adjunct faculty member at the City University. Uh, and this semester, I am teaching uh, students um, quantitative finance um, in an online master's degree program. But in, in the course of all of the work that I have done in terms of looking at work that has been submitted, uh, both in my capacity and in the industry previous to that in a more academic scenario, doing research at Princeton, um, what I have found has been most uh, effective uh, in, in quote, judging with big quotation marks about it is um, essentially feedback 
as to how to improve uh, what is submitted. Um, it's, it's a psychodynamic um, of, in fact, the very word judge is a frightening word. You know, you are handing down judgment. Oh, boy. Um, you know, that frightens people from the get-go, um, and particularly young people. Um, but the ability to provide them with encouragement and to point out how they can improve uh, what they have uh, presented to you. Uh, and I've, I've basically, you know, learned this the hard way um, in dealing with colleagues that were pre presenting material for, to me. Uh, that positive feedback as opposed to, you know, the red pen, scratch it out, scratch it out, scratch it out type of thing uh, was the most effective way of uh, achieving the objective. I think it makes a lot of sense. So uh, you, you're, you're going to be a good judge. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff so. are you going to be the bad one? What, what you, what's your role? Okay, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I, I, uh, I, I'm going to be the bad one. No, you know, I, I, I Sam, uh, a lot of what you said, I, I agree and, and have thought about a bit. But really quickly, um, I, I spent a lot of years running a sales department and division for selling software for compliance to corporations, most of them actually being in Latin America. And um, I've, I've been in a lot of corporate meetings through my 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 career. And um Teamwork, how people share ideas is really important to me. And one of the things that I find and I'm going to be looking at, I think, and, and it, how it fits in the rubric, but, you know, cre creativity is fantastic. People have to be willing to share what ideas that may be bad and not be afraid. Because what I've noticed, and, I, I, and I've noticed this because I've never been shy to share my ideas at the, around the conference table. And some of them are good, but some of them aren't. But what I've noticed that when they're not good, people build on it anyway. They figure out, well, all right, that's not going to work. But if you actually look at it this way, it will. And all of a sudden, things start to happen because of the, of the seed of what may not have been the great idea. But, but it was an interesting idea enough to make people think, why didn't that work? It didn't work for a reason. And then they come up with why it does work. So there really isn't a bad idea. And, and I, I really encourage people to share with, with the, you know, what, what, what they have and not to be afraid. Too often, the quiet person in the room who's afraid has some wonderful things to share and they never do it because they're afraid of being judged. And which is why I think, Sam, you're right about the, the frightening aspect of the word judge, judgment. But, but yeah, if we're there to encourage um, and, 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 you know, stay away from, you know, obviously we're judges, right? And there's going to be someone who wins, but there aren't any losers there. Everybody's going to walk away with, with, you know, uh, ways to improve what they are. They're going to learn a heck of a lot from what we all ultimately end up telling them. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Uh, maybe we want to stay here and I'll go, I'll go to Irene with this because, when I think about this process uh, that you just described, like don't be afraid, just everything, there's no such a stupid question or there's no such a thing as, and for me, it works very well in the creative department in advertising. It's called brainstorming. Like, you know, there's no stupid idea. It's often from something funny can come the really good creative idea. Now, Irene, you, you work more in project management and in the aerospace. You, you've worked a lot and, 
and now in in uh, with IBM. But so I think like it's not very creative, but but it is like just because you guys play with very important engineers pieces that you know they go to space and they need to work you know just for fun or selling a product but still like the role of creativity into this maybe you want to share that yeah i I think you know this may be getting a little off topic but i think you know depending on the industry there's always there's always an opportunity to innovate right so when I was working in the space industry, it was actually pretty risk averse considering how technically challenging it was. So there was um, a lot of effort to um, only fly things that had been flown before with the exception of a few very specific things. But those very specific things, you know, they can be enablers for something that you haven't had before, right? Um, be, Be creative, do something unusual, you know, crash a spacecraft into an asteroid or into Mercury and get as many great pictures as you can on the way down, right? So that's a way to be, that's a way to be creative, make the most out of, out of every moment. Um, even with my team recently, we were stuck on how to get people to use a new product. And I did a brainstorming session with them where, you know, the ground rules were be crazy and Everybody, you know, make this a psychologically safe space where there is no such thing as a stupid or bad idea. We want people to come up with the crazy ideas. We'll worry about vetting them later, right? Just get people into this kind of creative mindset. And the funny thing is an idea that we thought was completely crazy, we actually ended up implementing and was one of the best ideas that we had, the most impactful ideas that we had um, with my team recently. So, So that's a lot of fun. And I think with these students, what I've seen is that, you know, they do come up with unusual ideas but they are grounded in reality. They do their homework. They see, you know, they do the research um, and they come up with ideas that are grounded in physics, not in fantasy, right? Um, so it's been it's been really gratifying to see that with them. I, I, I think also one other thing that has been um, unique, and I hope that we're doing it with a hackathon again this year is, we actually give the students a chance to update their ideas based on feedback. And I've been involved with plenty of hackathons before. Uh, my kids been involved with hackathons before, but it's usually, you know what, you work really hard for like 24 hours or a weekend or whatever it might be. And then you come there with your, you know, your, 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 weary eyes having had not enough sleep with your best ideas and you get your score and you win or lose and then you go home. It's different with a mental project hackathon because we actually work into the plan that the teams will get feedback from these mentors on their first kind of draft idea. And then they go back and they get to improve it. And we've seen that the second round has been absolutely incredible, like game changing level stuff. Right. So usually you don't get the um, what's the word that I'm looking for? The the they don't get feedback. 
Yeah. It's not just feedback. It's almost like, it feels like it's cheating, right? Because you're having the people that are scoring you actually tell you what, what to do to help make it better, but it's not cheating at all because this is what we're all here for at the end of the day, right? We're here to pass the, you know, pass the knowledge, pass the inspiration from one generation to another. And so everybody's kind of winning in this scenario. So eventually we do end up judging, you know, final judging. Um, but, you know, the students, they're, they're in it for the experience, honestly. What we've seen is it doesn't even matter what the scores end up being. Just the fact that they got to work with one another and come up with interesting ideas and learn from the best um, is super gratifying for them and for us as well. But I love that you brought that up and that you brought up the, the opportunity to get the what we're calling judging or feedback really the first time around. They get to know where they stand. Yeah. And so they can improve upon that. So when they see their scores and the, you know, when they're given feedback based on the rubric that we have, uh, you know, and just some examples of the items on that fit for purpose. How well does the project capture the overall theme, problem and impact statement? How well the problem's been defined, clarity of vision innovation and presentation and teamwork all of those are things that we're able to give really clear um judging scores for and they can make improvements in those and we've seen that in the past where one team had one person really doing most of the work we were able to say hey you need to get other people involved too that per that group did and their project was amazing in the end so sometimes students don't know how to work in a group we're modeling this after what big organizations like how you would work in a company as a team how they need to be working in this hackathon and so irene great um point because yes they do get two times to get feedback from us so that they can make improvements along the way I also think that by giving, knowing that you have two times, it allows you more freedom the first time. Because if you only had one time, then you want to make it so perfect that you might not take a chance. And that chance might be the thing that might make this, you know, again, be the germ, of the, the, you know, be the seed for something to take off. So the freedom to be off on the first time is probably really helpful. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we were we were creative even in how we created this hackathon, <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's unusual. Not everyone does it this way, and I hope we're on to something. So, yeah, and, and I don't, Sam. Maybe I, I'd love to hear Sam's opinion on himself working in a very you know mathematic environment. The importance of coming out with a crazy idea, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know, or there are probably going, many. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that, I resemble that remark, crazy ideas. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, one of my, what I would love to, uh, I do this in the, in the course now and the courses I've taught in the past, um, very, very technical material, um, you know, deep algorithms, um, you know, we're doing all sorts of uh, Monte Carlo simulation and all sorts of um, material like that. And one of the things that I literally hop on in, in my teaching is presentation. Um, and I provide students uh, with examples of how to present 
complex materials in a very simplified manner so that a very busy, you know, I tell them you're presenting to the CEO of your company. Uh, you basically need to be able to present what you're doing, um, you know, in one or two slides that get the message across. Um, and then you have all the backup behind it if they're interested. But in most instances, even if the person has a deep technical background, they simply don't have the time to pay attention to those details when they have gotten to a very senior level. And what I have found repeatedly, and uh, you know, would um, you know, I'm, I'm teaching people on a master's program. Um, they are professionals. They are all uh, in various industries, and the idea is to them, you, you oh, that's very interesting, and they really appreciate this part of the message. Uh, you know, you can be brilliant, but if you can't present your ideas, um, they get lost, right? You, you have to be able to distill uh, your content uh, to a language that is um, heard and accepted and understood by your audience. You can't expect um, your audience uh, to understand your language if it is foreign to them. Right? And so it's your responsibility. Uh, and, uh, you know, I emphasize the presentation aspect of, you know, of, of, of the work uh, and teamwork. You know, I, you know, I echo what Debbie said. Um, and I have about 18 students uh, in this course. And one of the things I implemented is they had to form teams. And I said, look, uh, in, you're, you're learning to be a data scientist. You're looking for an advanced degree in data science. Uh, that work isn't done on an individual basis. It's done by a team. It's done by groups of people working together. So you, you have to understand that and you have to form a team and interact. And there's a process, um, God knows how many years ago, they used to call it, uh, storming, norming, and performing, um, you know, in terms of the building of a team. Um, and yes, you do get, find uh, an individual who becomes the, the natural leader. Uh, you will find an individual uh, who, uh, you know, I, I, I would call it as the scribe, the person who uh, is able to record everything and understand and remember everything that is said and done uh, and everybody gets to participate uh, and that's an important element of any hackathon is to be able to form teams and understand how to work together as as a group uh, as opposed to you know oh i got the answer teacher <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you're trying to achieve, although <laughs> in school that sometimes is what happens. You know, you um, make a great point, and Jeff and Irene both work in industries uh, that are very different. And I have a hunch that both of you find similar, um, similar cases where teamwork is very important and understanding and learning how to work in that environment 
is important and having feedback might be useful. Can you talk about that? I, I can talk about it briefly and then I actually have to run. I, I think it's all that matters, right? I mean, there are very few situations where you have to work entirely on your own. I mean, you're, you're basically like a, a freelancer if you're working completely on your own. And even then you have to work with other people. So, um, you know, I've learned a lot about feedback um, as, a, as a manager these last few years. And it's very scary. I don't really like, I haven't liked giving feedback. And I get sometimes uncomfortable when I get feedback. But I can say that it is what sticks with you and what you remember. Especially, I've noticed positive feedback is really, really valuable because it kind of gives you that um, validation that, hey, I'm on the right track. If I keep on doing this, I can spend more time working on doing this thing that I know that I'm doing well at and less time worrying if I'm doing well, right? So I think when we give, especially students, you know, positive feedback, it really can help unleash their ability and their creativity. So I think that there's, it's all about teamwork and about uh, pro providing good, valuable feedback in a way that shows that you you care enough to give feedback, and you're also going to do it in a way that's that's valuable and and detailed. I do have to run, guys. Thank you very much for having uh, me. Thank you for your time. So we'll do what you got to do. We'll keep going for a little longer. So what uh, do you think? We, we could all start singing Good Night, Irene. We could try that. I'm sure that's <laughs> Um, I'll play something, but I'm not going to sing it. That, that way, right. I, I would I, say, it, should we let Javier talk, or we keep? Um, that's fine. I just wanted to say one quick thing, <laughs> okay. though, just just because of the topic, um, and then it. and then we could turn it over to Javier for the rest of the show. It's fine. No, that's um, okay. But I did want to say about this whole thing about communication and presentation, and, and it reminded me of a friend of mine who works for a company that works with pharmaceutical companies that are trying to get FDA approval. There are many companies that are trying to get FDA. They're spending billions of dollars, and then they send a team of biologists, science, and chemists, and data scientists to present it to the FDA. And sometimes they fail. Sometimes they fail not because their their, their drug, whatever there's, wasn't wasn't right. It was because they didn't know how to communicate. So they have hire companies to basically work with them to present it. There's nothing more at larger at stake than when you've spent a year or two years of trials and, and you're going to the FDA and you don't know how to present your data in the right way. And, if, and, and, and you're letting a lot of people down when you don't do it. So that's just one example of having the team to be able to present it properly. I, I just jumped out at me when, when Sam had mentioned it. But, no, it's, but it makes please, a lot of sense. On to Javier. It makes a lot of sense. Javier, what do you think so far? Are we, are we going to be good judges or... Yes, um, I have to tell you that in general, the hackathon that I organize, I am not involved in a church because I'm a housekeeper. <laughs> because in general, they have oral presentations and someone have to be the bad guy that said, okay, you are out of time. I am that guy, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, but all the time that I hear and I'm concerned about the big church, it's how they're going to take your numbers. Everybody used to have numbers in their life. All our life is run by numbers in primary, secondary, in the university, you know, and all that. You have numbers or letters that tell you how good you are in comparison with other people or with one scale. Yes. 
But when you become a chachit and you are the one that have to put the marks, that is where you are in ill. Because you have your own, pers your own personality, you have your own experience, and you know how you suffer under the situation. So being totally, yes, and incomplete like a robot or i.e. and put a mark is completely impossible, you know, because you have all your background on your, on your own shoulders. So when you try to give a number, yes, you all under, you are completely not, are completely honest because you have your background, yes? And the same happens with every action that we take in where we have to evaluate another, yes? But answer your questions, everybody could be a very good judge, you know? Because you have a, a rubric to follow, the only thing is that you have to be very honest, you know? And sometimes in my case, that I am a teacher, and when I have to evaluate, you put your personal feeling with the students that you are evaluate all the time. So when I run this kind of event, I put aside and I said, I'm going to be the housekeeper, I organize everything, but other one is going to take the responsibility of your chat because I saw during the whole process to work. So I know who works more, who works less, you know, who was doing nothing, who was working a lot, you know. But uh, that kind of things sometimes is not the reflection on the work that they made because they say, okay, you prepare the video. So until they have the video, he's not doing anything. You know what I mean? But then he make a video or presentation that is wonderful, is great. And you are like, you are believing in a, a short Lucas movie, you know, and you say, wow, you know? Sometimes that is the thing that surprise in the way that this kind of thing works, work because they have a lot of things to prepare they manage the situation, they share the responsibility, they share the work, and they, they, they work and they consult between them, you know, and they work. And when you see the final production, maybe you see the production of only one, or maybe you hear the voices of the whole group, or also you see that someone made the drawing, other ones do the blueprints, yes, and all that together is make a teamwork. Well said. And you know what? You've done this so many times and in so many schools and for so many organizations uh, that you've seen it all. So you're totally spot on, Javier. How many have you done so far? Can, do you even know? Do you have a count? Yes, I take an account because my brother the other day asked me how many I realized, I, how many ran during the last three years. And not counting the ones that I have for the next year that already I have in my agenda, uh, it, these years are going to have uh, 27. Wow. In six years. Wow. So, yeah, you really know the ins and outs. That's why it's been so easy to work with you because you've seen it all and the judging rubric was brilliant and you've seen how individuals um come together and the numbers do always sort of come together people do judge 
very similarly, wouldn't you say? Yes, it's very similar in the way that we judge because it's not very complex. So when more small you make the scale, it's easy to compare. Because when the people have a lot of values, it's different. It's difficult for them to be very clear in what's number, you know? I All the time, I com sorry, I compare with chemistry, yes? Uh, we have uh, some rate of pH, that the pH for everybody that they don't know, it's a scale of one substance is acid or basic, yes? And uh, when you have for one to 14, if you have one two colors that give you, it's acid, or basic is very simple because you, you compare the colors and that and that's all. But when you have the riffs that give you the whole scale and you have to compare by colors, sometimes you are between it's a seven, it's an eight, it's an X six, it's in the middle, but what side, you know? So when you make a small scales, it's easy for the people to can judge. Mm. You know, because they have three or four values and they say, Okay, this one is from here to here, this one is from here to here, and this one is from here to here. So it's easy for them to make a charge because they don't have a lot of numbers to think about or a lot of value to put on the table at the moment to be a charge. So I, I have a question for, for probably for you, but also I'd love to hear the feedback of the other new judges because I am a new judge too. And the thing that worries me the most is that we're judging on different topics. So it's easy to judge and say, who's the best, I don't know, guitar player? Who's the best at sending a rocket on the moon? Okay, you put the rocket on the moon. So that's already, you know, make you kind of a winner. Maybe there are two. When I feel like, okay, I have to maybe look at somebody that did uh, something about cybersecurity, another one about antibiotic resistance, space pollution, global pollution, and then... I think right now I'm figuring, well, you know, it's it's something different they're trying to to achieve. So what what would, would be your advice? And and I don't know if I'm the only one that feels this way, Jeff and Sam. Um, I, maybe I'm I didn't right feel now. that way until you said it. There you go. You're, you're, <laughs> but, welcome. But, you're welcome. But now that you said it, I, I think we all have our biases towards one particular area that's going to hit us stronger than another. If I happen to have a passion about cybersecurity, uh, which you might have, Marco, and then you have someone else that has a passion for, you know, uh, pollution and control, you know, you're going to probably be biased towards that. And I think part of being a judge may be how to eliminate that. Of course, using the rubric will help. Yeah. I, I want to jump in here because I thought the same thing uh, on the first time that I judged. And then here's what happens. The rubric removes some of that. Because when you're when you are judging on presentation and teamwork, if you have a team that doesn't work well together, um, it, it's not including everyone. You're judging on that. You're not mm -hmm. judging on whether they can get something into space. They're, you're not judging on on that aspect. You're judging on compliance. So innovation might be something that they get a five for but maybe they didn't do as well on presentation. Maybe their clarity of vision, you know, what was that? The problem and impact statement, how was that? And how was the fit for purpose? If you take all of those, it's, it, each one of those removes the bias of it because you're looking at one component of how they worked on it. 
And that was, that cleared it up for me. I don't know if Marco, that helps you because you're going to be coming into this, um, Jeff and Sam. But for me, that was very helpful when I first started judging. Makes sense. Yeah, it's it's like multidisciplinary. Like, you know, you're not just strong at one thing. You have to be kind of strong enough or maybe good enough at everything, which is better than that team that does one thing excellent, but then it locks on, on everything else. So, And you can see that. There are some teams yeah. that are really strong in one area and they can get a five, but if you don't get high scores in the other areas – someone else is going to beat you out. Right. And that's what's kind of exciting about all of this because you have met multiple components that you have to m merge into your project that you're working on. Yeah. Uh, Debbie and Javier, uh, I have a question. Um, uh, maybe tell a little bit about how the groups are put together, how the teams are, are, are put together. I know, um, you know, there's a selection process and how the people are signing up and they're going to be, somehow they're going to be chosen to work together. How do you go about doing that? Well, uh, Chef, uh, very good questions, and this is very important. Uh, the kids, when they enroll, they have to choose from one to five, you know, a very simple scale, what are the strongest option for them and what are the, the weakest, in a way, option that they choose. According with that, we mix the, the, the groups, you know? So... Uh, that is the first selection that we made and we prepared for the kids. When they have this ready, uh, in some hackathons, we give challenge, and sometimes they have to create according to that what challenge they want, according to what we expect, you know. Uh, but no one knows the challenge before the event. In some hackathons and all that, you know the challenge, like more or less one month or 15 days before the event. So all the groups and all the kids are going to start to prepare something. So when they arrive to the event, they have something on the oven already. So they have to give it the shape according to what they expect with the judges. And they serve the, the plate in a way, you know? Uh, in this one, is all the contrary. They don't know which which they are going to work, which which other kids are going to work. They don't know if they are going to be from the same city, from the same country, or from another country. Yes, they don't know uh, about which area they are going to work because we said, okay, you enroll for one to five, and we're going to see if we can put all in one. But maybe we have to put some some of them in two because the option one was no one chooses except them, you know, for work. We want the students going to be, be very hard, so we put in another options. Uh, but that is the, the the process of selection. Yes, are the organization the groups? Well, you know, it's, it reminds me. I don't know how many people saw the show. I, my my daughter had gotten me to watch Squid Games, Squid Game, and where you know people they get put into a team. Of course, it's only to save their lives, but they get put in with other people that they don't know or and they're going to have to work together to figure that out or or face death. So uh, other than the death part, it sounds similar to Squid, squid Game. <laughs> it's funny you brought that up because uh, my, my wife watched it and I kind of glimpsed at it. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. And I'm like, no, you have to watch it. So she, we, she, she made me and I was like, 
this is out of control. So now, thank you. You're you're giving back to me that now I'm gonna look at this Akaton as the Squid Game, and I'm really gonna feel like <laughs> how much trouble am I gonna put these kids? Yeah, uh, I suppose that's that a relative term. <laughs> <laughs> The judging is not like the judging games. The outcome is very, very different. Right. <laughs> We're not going to wear squares and circles and, and all of that. Okay. That's no, it's not in that way. I have to tell you that all the judges <laughs> and all the mentors are very pleased to help them and give them the feedback about all the events. And during the whole event, they are ready to help, you know, the judges appear less than the mentors, you know, because they appear only twice during the whole event. One is the first, the second Saturday in the morning for deliver the feedback, and the second time is the third Saturday for announce the winner. Also, in that moment, the kids receive the feedback, you know, because as we mentioned before, and Eileen said very well. The kids receive like a cheating part, you know, from the judges in the first weekend. But it's after them if they choose or not the advices of the judges. Let's talk about a little bit more about that because so Sam at the beginning he said, you know, the word judge is such a such a big heavy word, right? If somebody's judging you, you're gonna go to jail. Are you going to advance in your career? Are you going to be guilty, not guilty? In reality, when you put in the middle the the feedback, all of a sudden, we're turning ourselves in mentors. We're, we're telling them, here's your next chance. Here's what we think. We're not going to give you the solution, but we're going to tell you how we think you could improve. And I feel, for me, that's going to be one of my main probably, I shouldn't say it, but one of my main key for judging is the fact how well did they get those advice and how well did they improve based on the advice that the judges give them. For me, that is a big thing because you could be wrong the first time you hear the briefing, right? Maybe you didn't get it correctly, but if you're wrong the second time, then we have a problem. <laughs> After we explain it to you, then you have really a problem. Sam, yeah, what do no, you think that, about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, you know, in, in, in doing this, specificity uh, is very important. Uh, generalities are usually not helpful. Um, uh, you know, well, your presentation needs to have greater clarity. You know, <laughs> whether it's a student or a professional person, um, you know, a statement like that, um, you know, leaves them in a quandary. They don't know exactly where and how they've gone off track or what it is you want them to uh, improve the clarity of. Um, so the, the burden is on us as judges to be specific uh, in our feedback, um, and to be able to look at uh, material that is presented and indicate if it needs greater clarity um, to say uh, this particular slide or this particular paragraph is confusing. 
Um, it would be improved if you could, um, you know, do, you know, elu you know elucidate or uh, explain these terms that you've used or, um, uh, you know, be more explicit about exactly, you know, what your thought process is here. Um, uh, that makes a world of difference. Um, and, you know, the ability to provide that type of judging feedback, I think, makes all the difference. Uh, you have to really avoid generalities, uh, you know, because the, the student will look at it and say, well, I really don't know what this person is talking about that's <laughs> providing this feedback. You know, I thought it was clear. They say it's not clear. Um, there's a big gap. Right? <clears throat> you have to basically put yourself in, in, in the shoes of the person uh, that you're offering this judgment to. Uh, Deborah and, and Javier, could you describe a little bit of, of the, the, the environment of the judging? It, you know, one of the things that I would think about is that if, if I am judging something and maybe I'm making a suggestion that might seem counter to a suggestion that Marco might be making, are we in all working together? Are we doing the, are we judging them individually or are we discussing them first? And then make, how, how, how are we actually delivering our uh, opinions and, and our, our counsel? Well, very good question, Chef. Uh, in general, what we made is that every single subject give their opinion. Why? Because not all of you are going to see the same in the same presentation, you know? Uh, so the only thing that we're going to try is that the oldest exceptions are good. They are able to build a new thing, you know? For that reason, we're, we request that some mentors are available in the moment of the uh, feedback. Yes. And they're going to be working with one group so they can take notes for later on, explain what are the uh, points, the weakest point on the presentation so they can build a new one and explain in the way they can understood what is going to happen with their presentations. Yes. Uh, that is the, the idea, you know, because sometimes it's about the presentation. Sometimes it's about the idea, the diagrams that is not uh, good enough to understand what they try to draw, you know, because of the colors. Sometimes it's uh, the sound that is bad, so they can put some titles, you know, very simply like that or sometimes are more complex, you know, the feedback of the judges. But in all the China, in all the previous one that we made, all the time the kids, the kids take very well all the, the feedback from the judges. So you when know? does this happen um, in terms of actually the timing? Are we all going to be together? Because I have not yet gotten anything schedule-wise like to say you will need to be, all of us need to be this time slot for this length of time. What, when does that happen? In general, it's happened the, the first, uh, the second Saturday that is going to be the 15th at yep. 9 a.m. Eastern Time. What time? 10 a.m.? 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And what is the date? The 15th okay. of and, October. And it should, it should last approximately how long? 
for one hour and a half, no more than that. Oh, that's it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because we try to do it very short, you know, like yeah. uh, bullet points, you know, and very, and very short advice, you know, not try to explain like one hour and a half with every single group, because otherwise uh, the group that's uh, appear at the end is going to have like one hour or two hours less than the group than the rest. So the idea is a very short, uh, you know, um, feedback with the most important points that you observe that they have to be improved, you know, uh, but every single one is going to have some minutes to talk about, and then we're going to continue with another, with another, with another one, until we finish with all the groups. And, after, so and from that point, they can work. Let's see if the, the participants are going to start hacking the system by listening to this podcast and understanding how the judges work. So they, if they're smart, they're going to be like, oh, okay, so this is what they're looking for. This is how they operate. <laughs> Interesting. But I like, I like the fact that we're having this candid conversation because we're explaining what, what we're doing. But we're, we're getting to the end. Let's wrap this. Javier and, and Deborah, one in charge of calling people to participate. And we still have a, a few days ahead before we actually start this uh, this event. And uh, so let's go with that, Javier. And then, Deborah, you can close with the mentor project call. Okay. So as I said in the previous uh, episodes, this hackathon is for the people that like it. The space, the global pollution, you know, the cyber security. And they are their communities or their own school, schools. They don't find kids of their same age that like the same topic. So this one is going to be your ideal place. You are going to be able to communicate with people from different parts of the world that they are, they are completely, yes, out of your range of people that you see. And you're going to have a very good time with people that enjoy the same. And they are... Uh, able to spend some weekends working on this project, yes, and this idea. So it's going to be great for all of them having in the groups or you having them in the groups because they make groups that they continue after the events, chatting uh, by different platform, yes, or enroll in different projects through the years, okay? So it's a great opportunity to have a new group of friends. Absolutely, and we have seen that. So if you'd like to check this out, go to mentorproject.org slash hackathon, and registration is free. We do hope that you'll register um, and meet some new friends. So please look for us on LinkedIn, Mentor. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Mentor Project, but please do check our website, mentorproject.org slash hackathon. Wonderful. And with this, we wrap our four episode of introduction to the hackathon. The next thing will be the hackathon itself. And then I'm excited because I will host an episode with the winning team and uh and that will be that will be interesting to see all i've learned during this uh, <laughs> this first four <laughs> podcast <laughs> and see how actually turned out to be 
for the, the, the team that participated, that won. And of course, like we said many times, everybody's going to win in a way or in another. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Sam, Deborah, and Javier. Always wonderful to have you on. And uh, to the next one. Thank you so much. Thanks, Marco. Thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our On Location Conversation. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.